Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show here. Um, we took a little bit of a break. I uh, vowed to never miss a Monday, but um, you know, life got in the way, and uh, I guess sorry for uh, missing the episode. But um, we we had a little bit of a an accident on uh, vacation with a short hospital visit, and then a uh, a quick trip home as the uh, the doctors out uh, at the beach could not uh, fix my son's broken arm. So we had to come home. We had to cut the vacation short. Long day, long night. And uh, ultimately, I did not get the show uh, recorded because that was far more pressing to me. But uh, so my apologies on that. He is doing better now. Um, temporary cast until the swelling goes down. We'll get a new cast on Friday. Uh, so that uh, was... Uh, Quite the scare, quite uh, problematic, but um, he handled it like a champ, and we are on the men now. So with that being said, um, I guess we can go ahead and get right into the show here. We've uh, we've had quite a bit of news and uh, you know a lot of stuff going on out there with unemployment, with the CPI. The PPI is tomorrow, as this one is going to be coming out Thursday. You'll be getting that news the same day. But, um, you know, last week on the unemployment front, um, I was actually going to go ahead and say, hey, look, guys, I was cutting some trees and I had to rush to the hospital last week. This is how I was going to start Monday's show until, you know, we actually had to go to the hospital for something uh, important. I, I basically was just going to kind of make light of the fact that the the story kind of sometimes can get you drawn to make um, assumptions or bigger moves. And that's what happened with me. My Friday, I was cutting trees, and then I did have to go to the hospital. It wasn't for me. It was simply to pick up my wife's car. But that was pretty much the news on Friday, was that unemployment came out. The The markets were green in the pre-market. Uh, this news of unemployment coming in, um, you know, it says highest since January, but ultimately it was right in line. It's still at 3.6% unemployment, which is pretty low. And uh, ultimately, you know, the market sold off on this news. I think a lot of it was uh, on the front that, you know, the the Fed was going to go ahead and raise the rates about 75 basis points uh, at their next meeting. That was kind of the thought. The talk of the morning was, uh, oh, man, we're, we're going to have more uh, rate hikes. We're going to be in for more uh, more pain, more more uh, higher cost of borrowing and lending and, you know, buying a house, this, that, the other. But uh, the market sold off on this news really quick, really rapidly. And then ultimately, I think everyone kind of digested what was going on. We understood that, um, you know, the economy is not a good spot if the uh, if the unemployment stays at a low rate. So that kind of means, you know, we're still chugging along. But ultimately, um, you know, the 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 Fed is still going to have to pump the brakes somewhere. They're going to have to uh, raise those rates to get the demand destruction they really need to get this inflation to to come down. Uh, so we still knew that we had the inflation. We still knew that we were getting these rates. 
and ultimately the market overreacted kind of like what you might hear when someone says they're they're doing dangerous work and then rush to the hospital and this time thankfully i didn't have to rush to the hospital for myself uh, i've been in that position before as well and that's no fun um so then we fast forward to uh today wednesday as i'm recording this and we had the cpi numbers come out and the cpi came in uh, the inflation came in at 9.1% year over year. The core CPI, when you take out uh, food and energy, came in at like 5.7%, I believe it was. And uh, those numbers are definitely alarming. They were looking for 8.8% uh, year over year, and it, it exceeded that number. So the, the market went ahead and uh, kind of traded crazy again. But um, yeah, sold off. We were green, sold off. And then we um, went well into the negatives. The Dow was down, uh, I believe, about 400 points at one one time. And now I'm looking uh, at the end of the day around 3 o'clock here, and I'm in the green by uh, 0.37%. So I am trading higher at the end of the day. Again, I think it's a little bit of market overreaction. 8.8% was, you know, as I said, expected. 9.1% is where we came in at. Yes, it's worse. But uh, ultimately, I think we all knew that it was going to be bad. Even if it came in, you know, on the opposite end, it came in at 8.4%. I don't think that we would have had a huge rally off the jump. I still think it would have been worrisome news that we came in at that 8.4% year over year. Now, that being said, we had the PPI last, uh, last month, the producer price index, and those numbers were trending hotter than expected. And ultimately, I kind of think that we knew that those prices were going to get passed down. If it's costing companies more last month, we're going to see that uh, in the consumer side of things, uh, you know, a month, two months later. So ultimately, I still think those numbers are trending higher. If we get that PPI to come down tomorrow, we could certainly see, um, you know, some sort of inflection point in the market where things might cool down. Um, some people are saying that might happen. Other people are saying, no, it's going to be worse until the end of the year. Uh, the feds ultimately got to really get this demand destruction underway. And, uh, there's even some talks of instead of that 75 uh, basis point move to go to that full one point move, uh, on the interest rates. So we could see that or on the fed funds rate. So we could see that, um, furthering, you know, to slow down some things here, we could still could get some other interest rate hikes going forward. And ultimately, we are going to need that. We really need to slow the economy. We need to slow the buying. Uh, I could sit here and say, if everyone just stops spending uh, an extra $100 a month on goods and services, we'll slow things down. But, uh, you know, truth be told, I, I don't think that the American consumer, if they're still employed and uh, they still think that the money's coming in, I don't really think people are going to not go on vacation. They're not going to do uh, X, Y, Z. They're they're still going to get things as they need them, especially if they're employed. Um, you know, they might be tightening the ropes a, a little bit here and there, but uh, ultimately, it's uh, it's really hard to get everyone on, on board with doing that. So I think we're going to have to rely on the Fed in order to get this uh, this inflation under control. You know, when we start pushing out all that money, that one point nine trillion. Um, throughout the pandemic in PPP, unemployment, uh, you know, EIDL disaster loans, 
all this money that went out there that's ultimately still floating around. Granted, it doesn't buy as much as what you would have thought two or three years ago, but uh, that money is still out there in uh, in consumers' hands looking to enjoy their, uh, their summer now that things are a little bit uh, more relaxed than they have been in the past year or two. So, you know, I think the Fed is really going to have to step in uh, and pump the brakes, really get this inflation down and uh, try to get, you know, make sense of this market. And ultimately, uh, as I've said before, I'm going to continue, you know, to dollar cost average into positions. I'm really waiting for that to, that July 28th number on re- the, the recession number. If we are in that full-blown recession, I do think we are going to trade down on that news. I think there's going to be a sell-off. Uh, I would like to up my buying around that point in time if we do have a recession. I'll still continue to do some buying here and there in order to, uh, you know, dollar cost average and buy some of these dips. Uh, I know some people are doing some rally selling and anytime uh, that we are seeing some green days, there are a group of investors that are or a group of traders or investors that are selling off any positions that enter into the green, uh, you know, a, a good bit up. And they're trying to build this cash position for the second half of the year as they think the the you know possible recession or probable recession is going to give a, a better position or a better place to buy larger chunks of, uh, of a position of a stock or a fund that they're looking to buy. And uh, ultimately, I, uh, I kind of agree with that. I just don't want to be the one that's doing a bunch of timing the market and trying to sell off and, uh, you know, getting in a position where I've got ta- uh, tax liabilities for some of the things that I would be selling. So I probably won't do too much on the selling side. I'm just trying to get that cash ready for uh, any potential uh, larger swings to the downside. I really want to be ready when those opportunities present themselves. Now, we're, we're still looking at, uh, you know, the, the same things as before. Uh, you know, the consumer staples, financials, utilities, um, things like that. I still probably will buy some technology stocks as I think they are selling off too hard. And uh, ultimately, I want to build those positions for long-term gains. So that's really my uh, my playbook right now. I'll probably add to some uh, real estate investment trusts, some REITs for uh, the dividends. I'll still be looking at some dividend uh, aristocrats, ones that have been paying those dividends for a long time, uh, and ones that are really going to look to uh, increase their dividends. Uh, and that way, I'll be getting some income off of the, my investments that will continue to reinvest in, in themselves as uh, as time passes, you know, whether it be a yearly, uh, quarterly, monthly dividend pay, uh, payouts. That's kind of what I'm looking to do right now. So I will continue to do that. But so definitely make sure that you are watching on the, uh, the 28th of this month, and we will get that news as to whether we are entering a recession or not. And uh, I think we're going to get a lot of movement around that time. So with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. We will be right back. So stick around. All right, guys, we are back here. And I did want to point out that if you are looking to get a brokerage account started of your own, I do have some links in the description to help get you started in uh, either crypto or stocks. And uh, those accounts are for Crypto.com, Webull, Binance, and uh, E-Trade. If you're looking to do uh, fractional shares, E-Trade, or not E-Trade, uh, Webull is a great way to do that. You can buy as little as uh, $50 at any given time of whatever stock you're looking to, 
purchase and you, you get a, a fractional share of the stock that you were looking to buy. And uh, I am using Webull to put in $200 every week uh, for the investing challenge. And uh, we're taking a poll over there on the Let It Grow investing page on Facebook. And then I will be buying that stock that the group picks the next Monday. So if you uh, are not a member of the group, please go over there and uh, join the group and get uh, get your votes in for the week 29 uh, investing challenge. And uh, for week 28, I did go ahead and buy uh, Disney stock on my son's birthday. And uh, we were able to buy two full shares and one partial share for that total of that $200. So it does work out well for doing a set amount every week versus say if we wanted to buy uh, Google or Tesla, we'd have to buy a complete share if we were using E-Trade. Uh, I do use E-Trade more and uh, that's just kind of where I'm more comfortable. The research is a little bit better. The tools are a little bit nicer. Uh, for me, it's a little bit easier to navigate. And uh, you can also get a lot of that market research with uh, tip ranks analysts as to how much it's going to be worth in 12 months. And, uh, you know, buy sell ratings from Thomson Reuters and uh, uh, Market Watch and a couple others that are on there that I really like to read those reports. So those are all in the description. If you're looking to get started, use my link and you will get uh, either some free shares or some money back, depending on how much you deposit. And, uh, if you are really getting good value out of this podcast, I'm bringing you in some information that uh, you find valuable. If you could go ahead, like, subscribe, and share to some other like-minded investors. If you want to invite other people to the Let It Grow Investing Group, I would greatly appreciate that also. And uh, if you want to go above and beyond, you can contribute to the podcast for as little as 99 cents a month. That is over there at anchor.fm slash let it grow. And uh, you'll find the link in the uh, in the description there as well. Uh, and then that being said, we do have uh, some more recession signs out there. And uh, ultimately, when that two-year and 10-year, the yields invert, uh, it is going to be a sign of recession. And uh, we had that happen again. And uh, currently, uh, I navigated away from the page. But uh, the two-year is paying more than the 10-year, and that is normally going to be seen as a bad sign. As uh, you know, the, the money for the two-year, you're getting more than what you would get for a long-term maturity bond uh, from the Fed. And yeah, the 10-year the is down to 2.9, and uh, yeah, of course, it tells me the three-month, but not the, not the two-year. I'll have to look at, look at that in a second, but I know it did invert. And uh, you're getting more for that two-year uh, two payment. Now, that is bad for banks as, uh, you know, they're lending out money on a, a shorter-term basis, but they want their money to make more money long-term. Uh, so right now, they're having a hard time doing that in bonds. So they're going to have to take on more risk in order to make more money, in order to, uh, you know, have their long-term money that, uh, you know, they're, they're looking to make that money on. They, they really need to find a way to do it that's going to be, um, you know, not as risky. They don't want to take on a bunch of risk, but they're lending out, you know, for short term projects or, uh, you know, uh, manufacturing or, you know, flipping a house, things like that. They're, they're borrowing or giving this money out and they're not making that amount of money on it. Uh, so it's a little bit tough out there. And uh, as uh the economy is slowing, inflation ex expectations decline, 
your yields on your 10 and 30 year bonds are typically typically going to fall towards those of shorter maturities like the the three month and the two year as the uh, the bond buyers look and see that there is less need for central banks to raise the borrowing costs in the future and instead they they might need to uh, encourage spending so really they're they're just kind of looking longer term and uh, these uh, the 10 year and the 30 year are falling and that's just a sign that uh, you know things are getting weaker. And uh, that being said, we really want to think about uh, how much money we're spending right now, where we're putting our money to play. And uh, you do want to have that cash on the side as we don't really know what the next uh, year or two is going to bring. It could uh, bottom out in the in the short term or could bottom out uh, you know early next year. But uh, ultimately, we are going to want to be uh, – buying that dip and seeing that opportunity when it comes our way. And uh, then, you know, in the next uh, next breath, we had some Tesla or Elon Musk and Twitter news. Uh, you know, Elon wants to go ahead and walk away from that $44 billion deal to buy Twitter. Uh, I know that uh, there is a clause in there that if he walks at any stage, it is a $1 billion payment that he would owe Twitter for uh, bailing on the deal. But uh, I know there were some clauses to that that he might not be able to even do the $1 billion and, uh, and walk. He might get forced into buying uh, Twitter by sale of stock or whatever the courts decide at this point. So it's, uh, it's going to be a legal battle. And uh, you know, right now, a lot of people seem to think that Twitter has the upper hand. Twitter was up about 6% on the day. And uh, let's see how that one's doing. I haven't looked at it today. Um, oh, yeah, we're about... Seven and a half percent up at the moment, so trading at thirty six sixty four, up two fifty eight on the day, just based off of some of that news that uh, you know Elon is going to be forced into buying it at uh, I believe it was fifty four dollars a share. So that's if it does go through, it's a, a big payday if you buy it at that thirty you know mid thirties price. But uh, that being said, you know on the uh, investing challenge for week twenty nine. I put it out there late, but uh, go ahead and get your votes in over there on Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. We got five different names, as we always do. In this one, I was thinking more uh, snack food, consumer staples, uh, give you a little bit of growth, and they just seem to be a, a safer place to put your money right now. Some of them are trading a little bit higher on that PE than they oftentimes do, but uh, I think a lot of people have gone to these stocks as a uh, their dividends have been very safe over time. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are really looking to, to be in a more of a consumer staple type stock right now. So these are going to be food and drink uh, companies that are going to hopefully weather a storm a little bit better than some of the tech companies that are out there. So we'll, we'll run through them. We're going to talk a little bit about all of them. And uh, yeah, get your get your votes in and we'll, we'll see what we're going to be buying for next week. So We've got uh, Pepsi, Coca-Cola, Kellogg's, Mondelez, and Keurig Dr. Pepper. Those are going to be the five stocks for this week. Now, why did I pick these? Uh, I think they all had something going on recently. Uh, Pepsi just had their earnings. They beat by 12 uh, cents per share on an EPS basis. And uh, they're actually, they turn in a decent set of numbers. So that one was one that I did like. And uh, like I said, it is trading a little high. It's at 25 times earnings. 
I would like it more in the high teens. I, I know that it is a bit hot right now, but uh, it is paying a 2.71% dividend. And uh, on the analyst research side uh, from E-Trade, the, the tip ranks is saying that there's about 5.7% of upside left on this one. Uh, so it's at 170. It's predicted to be about 180 within 12 months. Uh, so that one is uh, is a little bit safer. There are some recession concerns or uh, uh, concerns on the dollar, and they sell a lot of their product. And I, actually, all these sell their product uh, fairly globally. And uh, when you're bringing the money back from, uh, say, Europe, and it has a weaker euro right now, it's the weakest it's been in 20 years. When you're bringing that money back to uh, exchanging it back to dollars, it's going to be a little bit weaker. And uh, it might make the numbers look a little worse than what they actually are. Um, so then we we do have to take that into account on all these, that that could be a, another concern. And recession could be another concern for, for these as well. But then fast forward to Coke. Uh, they do have some, uh, some stuff going on right now with bringing in some new products. They have been pairing up or partnering with uh, some different alcoholic uh, manufacturers and putting their name on it. And, uh, you know, Jack Daniels and Coke can product. They are doing some different drinks in Japan and uh, I believe it was China. Um, let's see here. They've got the lemon Dow. I don't, I'm not even sure how to say it, but they are, uh, I guess, expanding into uh, Japan. And what else we got? We've got, uh, I know I just saw it. They got hard seltzers, the Topo Chico hard seltzer. Ranch water, hard seltzer, uh, some hard uh, alternatives, some premixed cocktails. The uh, the Fresca name has been revitalized, and that's been one of the fasting brands that they own. And uh, having a premixed cocktails that's Fresca based, and then Schweppes uh, premixed cocktails as well. So a lot of different things that they're trying. They're trying to get some more growth. Their uh, organic growth was about 18% last quarter. I think it was predicted to be around 9%, so they about doubled it. And uh, they just got a lot of different growth that a lot of people didn't see coming. So they really kind of came out of the pandemic a little bit stronger. And uh, one that I think is going to do well going forward. And one that's also been a, a dividend aristocrat for you know quite some time, paying that increased dividend over a long period. And uh, one that's going to be fairly safe. But the, uh, I mean, the beta is a 0.4, so that means it's going to be less risky. The PE is a 26, which is a bit higher than where it probably normally trades. So take that into account. And then we're looking at Kellogg's. Kellogg's is going to be looking to split the company into three segments. They're looking to split into cereal, snacks, and then plant-based protein snacks to unlock some more value. Uh, and then I heard possibly they may be selling some of their plant-based uh, business off and uh, trying to unlock some more value that way and really focus on the cereal and other snacks that they have. And uh, that could unlock some more value, but a lot of people are, or the analysts are already being a little bit outdated on some of these numbers now as some of this news came out last week. Uh, there are a lot of hold ratings on the stock and saying that they're going to be trading right around where they are right now. A lot of people don't really want to put their money to work in this one until they see what the split's going to mean and if the uh, the sell-off of the uh, plant-based protein snack 
line is going to uh, be beneficial or unlock any of that uh, further value in the business. Uh, now we're going to go forward into, well, I guess before I say that, the uh, the tip ranks is negative. That's why I said that it is down 2.3% of downside versus the uh, the current price of $74.03. So that one might be a little bit uh, frothy right now. We we might want to take that into account before we go ahead and buy it. Although the uh, the PE is trading at a 16.2. So uh, a good bit cheaper on the PE basis and the dividend is about 3.2 as well. So a little bit higher on the dividend. Now, uh, going to the next company here, we've got uh, Mondelez. And that one is going to be uh, trading at uh, a PE of 21. And uh, the dividend is going to be about 2.24%. And uh, Mondelez is looking, or they are buying the Cliff Bar Company. And uh, that should give some more future growth as well. They are uh, reported to be buying the Cliff Bar Company for about $2.9 billion. Uh, so that one also could give another lever uh, for some different growth metrics. And they could get more into that, uh, that protein uh, type snack market as well. And uh, hopefully that uh, will will give them a little bit wider of a portfolio to uh, you know really really see some more growth. They've got uh, some of the other lines, and uh, they're they're really looking to take on more, which is uh, definitely a, a strong sign here. And uh, analyst research on this one is saying there's about sixteen point seven percent of upside on the uh, the stock price from where it is right now and it was trading around forty dollars in uh where were we 50 in 2019 we were down in the 2018 we were in that 40 dollars range so we've got about a 50 percent increase over four years and uh, they're seeing another 17 percent in the next year or so so that one is definitely uh, a contender for for the list of which ones to be buying this week and then the final one here was going to be Keurig Dr. Pepper. And that one is uh, one that I definitely was interested in as it was just brought into the S&P 500. So it was not in the index before, but now anytime anyone buys uh, an S&P 500 index, you are going to be buying uh, Keurig Dr. Pepper. It's just automatically going to be in there. So I think they're going to see some more volume on that news. And uh, it's got a low beta, 0.4. PE is at a 21.5. And, and that quarterly dividend is at 2.07. So you are getting a dividend. Uh, they are more in that growth space. And, you know, ultimately, I do think that they are going to uh, continue to grow this, this business. Uh, they are doing the, obviously, the, the coffee systems. They've got uh, non carbonated or uh, non carbonated beverages, carbonated beverages. Water, ready-to-drink teas, juice, juice drinks, mixers, and uh, specialty coffee. Uh, so they've got a bunch of different names. Um, as I said before, obviously, Dr. Pepper, Canada Dry, uh, A&W, 7-Up, Squirt, Sundrop, Crush, Hawaiian Punch, Big Red, RC Cola. And then, you know, they've got some some other names in the juices, Snapple, Mott's. Uh, Clamato, Hawaiian Punch again, somehow made that list. Yoohoo, Real Lemon, Evian Water, Vita Coco, and then some uh, some drink mixers as well. So they've got a bunch of different lines. They are growing and they're looking to take on some more. 
And uh, like I said, it has been a more of a growth stock uh, over the past few years. So it is going to be one that uh, could do better with uh, some new lines coming their way and things like that. And also being in, in brought into the uh, S&P 500. So those are going to be the five for this week. Pepsi, Coke, Kellogg's, Mondelez, Keurig, Dr. Pepper. This is going to be a tough one. Uh, I really don't know where I would go first. Um, I would have to really dive a lot deeper. Uh, first thought would probably be Pepsi or Coke, but uh, Mondelez buying um, Cliff Bar is also strong. Kellogg's, I'd really probably prefer to wait and see what this uh, this split is going to do before we really get into buying Kellogg's. Uh, but uh, it could be a time where, you know, we buy now and it does work out, it does pan out, and we do get some some value out of the split. And then Keurig Dr. Pepper, as I said, you know, they've been straight in growth mode. And uh, now that they're in the S&P, I do think that they will be brought up uh, more just from the uh, S&P being down so low right now. As money comes back into the S&P, people will be buying Keurig Dr. Pepper automatically. So that's what I got for you guys this week. Please uh, get out over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Get your votes in and uh, we'll see what we do for next week. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, again, sorry that I missed missed the Monday. I promised I didn't want to do that, but uh, ultimately that's what happened. So um, I will catch you guys in the next one. Be safe out there and take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.